Everything about 2020 has been unexpected. I was giving this a lot of thought recently, and in fact, just this past year, I remember thinking at the end of 2019, man, 2019 has been a really messed up year. Now, I didn't think 2018 was that messed up, but I remember having some friends who said they thought 2018 had been really messed up. And then I remember having some other friends, different friends, who thought 2017 and 2016 had been really messed up. But for me, I didn't really think it until 2019, and I thought 2019 was messed up. And I remember in January thinking these thoughts to myself. I thought... 2019 was a bad year. There's no way 2020 could be any worse. I also remember thinking this thought to myself. Every year for the past four years, someone I know has deeply complained about the year. So who am I to suspect that 2020 is going to be any different? And there's that tension between thinking that the past was bad and the future will be better, or thinking the past was better and the future will be bad. There's a tension that we all face. And that's one of the reasons why John 1 is my favorite Christmas passage by far. I love the story of the angels. I love the story of the Magi. I, I, I love the story of uh, just all the different aspects of, you know, the Christmas story. I even love the story of Anna and uh, the, when she meets the baby Jesus in the temple and Simeon. I love those stories. But I think John 1 is my favorite. It's the story, it's the passage that I go to most often on Christmas Eve. And so I want to take you there again tonight. It says this, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, we skipped that in our little narrative segment. I, I didn't have Heather read that uh, because that passage, the first verse of John 1, is always a, a confusing one to just read out of the middle of nowhere. And I didn't want to have the script somehow decide to try to deal with the who is the word and what is all that. And so I just decided I would explain it to you from this platform in this format. I'll try to do a very quick job. But basically, John, when he writes that, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, he wasn't making up something new. In fact, he was appealing to an ancient Greek thought. You see, for the ancient Greeks, they believed the fundamental power of the universe was logic, thought, reason, rationality. And the word that they used for that is the Greek word logos. It's the word we get the word logic from. But logos could also be translated as just word, as in word. No, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I really planned on not doing that, and then I did it anyway. So sorry about that. I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, you know, Christmas is about forgiveness, and, and so let's just move on from that. But the word logos in the Greek can be translated just word, and so it frequently gets translated that way. Uh, you might find in ancient Greek manuscripts the fundamental force of the universe is the word. But John knew better. You see, John, when he wrote what he wrote in chapter 1, verse 1, about the word being with God, he had something really, really big on his heart and in his mind. Because you see, John had met the fundamental power of the universe. 
He had seen the fundamental power of the universe face to face. He had spoken with it. He had touched it. In verse 14 of that chapter, John puts it this way. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John says the word, the fundamental power of the universe became flesh, became human. And that means the story that we talk about at Christmas, that means Jesus, little baby wrapped in cloths in a manger, was the son of God. More than that, he wasn't just the son of God who came from the father. Jesus is the fundamental power of the universe. That's what John is trying to communicate in this first chapter. He's like, Jesus, the baby in the manger, is the absolute most important entity in the universe, the way he would put it back in verse 2. See, we, we read verse 1. I had to explain the word word by skipping to verse 14. But if we now get the middle parts and go back to verse 2, it says this. John says, Jesus was with God in the beginning. This word, this fundamental power of the universe, Jesus, the one that John saw and touched and heard, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. What John says there cannot be overstated. This idea that Jesus was with God in the beginning. That's what verse 1 even said. He, he was with God and he was God. There is something about the notion of God that is bigger than any of us can imagine. Because the fundamental power of the universe, the word, who becomes flesh, little baby in a manger, is also God and also with God and also from God. It's too difficult for us to try to analyze how all those things relate, and so we don't even bother to try. What we do is just expand our minds with this fundamental reality that is just too big for any of us. Jesus, without him, nothing was made. That means when the voice of God said, let there be light, Jesus is the one who did it. That means when the voice of God said, let the earth produce living things, Jesus is the one who did it. Jesus is the one who put into practice all of God the Father's intentions. God the Father would say, I want something, and Jesus says, you got it. Let's do it. But it gets even better. Because as we keep reading, we get to verse 5. And verse 5 says this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What a brilliant picture. The, the light has shined in the darkness. That means, that means for, for crying out loud, when the Father said, let there be light, and Jesus said, all right, let's do it, and Jesus makes the light happen, he is the light of the world, not just because he can make it happen, but he can bring it to any place he wants to. He is the source of light. He is the source of life, and wherever he shows up, light and life show up with him. 
Listen, I know you might be feeling that 2020 has been a very dark year, but as I said before, that's every year. I mean, just think back to your own life. Have you ever had a perfect year? Just go back and, and list off for yourself the different years you've experienced that you can remember sort of in, in blanket fashion for each one of those years. Have you ever had a perfect year? Or even just go back to look at human history. If you're a history buff, you can just remember some things you know from history. If you're not a history buff, remember any event from human history and answer this question. Has there ever been an event that made it into history that you would consider a perfect event? Even the individual events have both good and bad sides to them, let alone the entire year. Has there ever been a century in the history of humanity that has not had a global pandemic? Has there ever been a century without massive acts of terrorism or war or disease? Here's the truth that the Bible has told us that we all try to deny. Darkness is normal. In the very beginning, before anything else, there was darkness. And when God says, let there be light, and Jesus says, let's do it and makes it happen, That's the first time light shows up. Let me take you back to verse 5. John says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One of my favorite illustrations of this principle is usually done at Christmas time. I grew up in a church where Christmas Eve was a candlelight service. And the idea of the candlelight service is that uh, at Christmas Eve, we would get together and we would all get candles. I remember as a little kid, I would get a little candle and I would have my little candle. And at some point during the evening, there was a candle up front and we would all get a candle to be lit from that candle. And so, you know, someone would come to the front of the room, they would light the candle, they would take that candle to the rows and they would go down all the rows. And I remember all the lights would be turned off and all of us would have our own little candles. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to see the light travel through the room as we all held our own little candles. We don't have candles here and it's just, you know, me up here. And so I want to do an experiment with you. I've asked Chuck to turn off all the lights in the building, to go blackout, but to just leave the tree. And the thing about the Christmas tree that is just so brilliant of an illustration for this is that with all the lights off, you still see the tree. But most importantly, you see every individual light. And that proves something highly important for all of us. It proves that darkness never wins. Darkness never wins. You cannot have enough dark to defeat one of these little lights. It just can't be done. There is not enough dark in the universe to defeat a light. 
Do you realize when you go out at night, not tonight, the clouds are in the sky, but if you were able to see that conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, that was an amazing experience. But if you didn't get to see that tomorrow, the sky should be clear and you should be able to look up and they should be fairly close to each other and you should still be able to see other stars in the sky. But you've got to realize when you see the stars in the sky, you are seeing photons from billions of light years away that not a single bit of darkness has been able to stop. Because the Jesus who created the light made light unstoppable. Light cannot be defeated by any amount of darkness. And when the Father says, let there be light, Jesus says, I've got something for you. I've got light that cannot stop shining. As long as a single light is willing to shine, darkness will never win. And, as a matter of fact, Even if every little light in the universe stops shining, the creator of the light will not stop. I want to take you back to John chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. It says this, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The light of the world came into the world, and all that remains is for him to be received. Here's one of the most challenging truths of the Christmas season. Jesus is always shining. It's just what he does. It's who he is. He is the light. He's always shining, and he brings light wherever he goes. But this is the most difficult-to-hear truth of the entire Christmas season. Because Jesus is the always light, because Jesus is the perpetual light, because he brings light wherever he goes, darkness is something we have to choose. The only time your life gets filled with darkness is when we choose to turn out the lights. Darkness is where we all start, but it doesn't have to be where we stay. It shouldn't be where we stay. It's something we choose for ourselves, but we have a better option. Every single one of us can choose to open ourselves up to the light of Jesus. We can receive his light. I want to take you to the final couple verses from John 1 that we're going to look at tonight. Verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Anyone who receives him receives life and light. Anyone who receives Jesus has the true light of the universe at work in them. Anyone who receives Jesus has the fundamental power of the universe at work in them. This Christmas tree doesn't have any light on its own, not a single bit. The tree itself, now I know they now make these automatic kind of like built-in light Christmas trees that you can buy that have lights like inside the the tree. I'm never going to buy one of those because Christmas lights die so frequently. I don't want to have a tree that is half lit. Anyway, but this tree and the trees that you find out in the forest, they don't have light on their own but neither do you. You don't have light on your own either. You are a person who only has light if the light shines on you or some light shines through you. 
Jesus, the light of the world, looks at his followers in Matthew chapter 5, and he says some amazing words. He says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The light of the world. Let there be light, light of the world. Power of the universe, light of the world, says to you, If you've received him, if you're one of his followers, says to you, you are the light of the world. We can do a lot of complaining about the darkness around us, but Jesus would point his his finger at us and say, but you are the light of the world because I've given you my light. Like this Christmas tree with lights that do not originally belong to it, bringing light into it and shining from it. You and I have the light of Christ in us. And that means, that means that our light, not my light, but the light that's in me shines from me to make the world a brighter place. I'm going to give you three choices to encourage you to make this Christmas season. Tonight, tomorrow, and as you celebrate Christmas and as you prepare for the new year. Three choices that I want to encourage you to make. Choice number one, I want you to see the light of Jesus. If this world looks too dark to you, you're looking in the wrong place. If this world looks too dark to you, you need to begin looking more in the direction of Jesus and what is he up to. Listen, I've had some dark times this year as well, and I've been wondering what in the world is God up to, but every time I think about the big picture of what God is up to, I recognize light has not left us. It's still out there. Jesus is still at work. He's still at work in my heart. He's still at work in your heart. He's still at work in the world around us. I just need to open my eyes to see it. Number two, I want to encourage you to receive the light of Jesus. All you need to do is pray. Just say, Jesus, my life has been dark. Darkness is normal for me. My world around me has been dark. The world in my heart has been dark. But I believe you are the light of the world. And I believe you can bring light into my life. And so I claim you as my ultimate light. See, following Jesus is really just saying, Jesus, my eyes are blind until you shine your light on the path I should walk. That's what it means to follow Jesus. So I've encouraged you to see his light. I've encouraged you to receive his light. And I now want to encourage you to shine his light, to be the person who lets the light of Jesus shine. It's too easy to participate in the darkness, but this world desperately needs some light these days. One more question about the Christmas tree. When you look at your Christmas tree, if you, if you have a Christmas tree in your house, I want you to take a look at it right now if you can see it from wherever you are. How does it make you feel? When you see that tree, you instantly think of home. You instantly think of joy. You instantly think of comfort. You think of encouragement. I look at my tree, and when it's not lit up, even in the middle of the day, I think, it's an interesting tree. But as soon as the lights go on, I'm like, yes, that's exactly right. I hate taking the Christmas tree down. I hate removing the Christmas lights, partially because I do it in the middle of winter when it's terribly cold. But also, I hate removing Christmas lights from houses because they just look so warm and inviting. Jesus, the light of the world, has shown his light into your life and my life so that we could be the light of the world. And here's the point. The point is that we are, for the world, the Christmas lights. When I look at the tree and I see its lights, I feel warm and encouraged. 
when the world looks at you, they should feel the same. This year, no matter what happens in 2021, I want to live all year long like a Christmas tree. I want to live all year long like a person for whom the light of Jesus shines through me and other people get encouraged as a result. I want to pray with you for just a moment and then we'll go into our closing set of songs. And as I pray, I want to ask you to say in your own heart that you are willing to see the light of Christ. You are willing to receive the light of Christ and you are ready to shine the light of Christ. Whichever one of those is most needed for you tonight, I want to invite you to join me in praying for all three or at least one of them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we recognize that we've paid far too much attention to the darkness in this world. And we pray you would open up our eyes to see the light of Christ. Help us to hear your word, to read your word, to spend time with you in prayer, to have edifying conversations with other people who know you, that we might see your light around us and pay much less attention to the dark. Lord, I pray that you would help us to receive your light. Lord, if there's anyone who's watching this or, or listening to this or participating in this moment with us, I pray that we would all be people who recognize the darkness in our soul and ask for your cleansing and your forgiveness from all of that. Lord Jesus, I again recognize that I have a dark interior world, but I want you to replace it with your light. Jesus, would you forgive me and cleanse me? Jesus, would you shine your light into me, onto me, and through me? Reveal to me anything that would be lingering darkness and lead me in your path. And Jesus, I pray that you would help me to be one of those people who would shine your light, the light of the world, letting the world see my good deeds that they might glorify you, that they might glorify the Father in heaven. Lord, would you help me to be that kind of person this year, to see your light, receive your light, and to shine your light. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Lafayette Community Church. We are all about helping you live the life you were made to live. God made you. God loves you. And his plans for you are perfect. So if you are anywhere near Lafayette, Indiana, join us this weekend at one of our worship gatherings. And wherever you are, check us out online at lafayettecommunitychurch.com.